Welcome back or welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so excited you're here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means so much to me. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the sacral response. And this, I'm talking about human design and I'm talking about generators to manifesting generators. And hold on a sec. I heard from a few people that listened to my solo episode about human design feeling like they had to choose which energy type felt best for them. And guess what? Your soul already picked it out for you. So if you want to know your energy type, just go to a website like mybodygraph.com and put in your birth date and time and place. The time needs to be exact. So check your birth certificate. Um, and you will get your own human design chart and find out your energy type. If you want to dive deeper into that, go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design and book a reading with me. Now, about that sacral response. Generators and manifesting generators have this sacral response. The universe is constantly showing us things and we are constantly responding from our sacral. That's from our gut. So we're either getting a hell yes or we're getting a meh or a no. Now, what we need to understand is if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And that doesn't mean it's a no forever, but it's a no for right now. So this is, it's like a magic trick we can use for ourselves every single day. This is how we can choose what we want to eat. You can ask yourself, do I want an English muffin? And then listen, listen to what your gut says. Mine just said no. Um, as this, this can be your entire meal planning. This is how we are supposed to live our lives, constantly checking in with our sacral and asking ourselves yes or no questions. Do I want X? Do I want Y? Do I want to go to the gym? Do I want to go swimming? Do I want to go to the beach? Do I want to go skiing? All of these questions and listening to the response. And I love that Laura and Betsy, this week's guests, use this as a tool for their business because all generators and manifesting generators, please use this as a tool for your business. Please use this as a tool for asking yourself, do you want to go on the internet? Do you want to watch TV? Do you want to read this book? Do you want to buy this sweatshirt? Do you want to go on a date with this person? Do you want to eat the cupcake? Use it for all of the things and then trust it. Your sacral doesn't lie and your sacral doesn't give reasons either. So if you are feeling an explanation behind that yes or no, then it's not your sacral, it's your head. When your sacral responds, your body's going to respond. You're going to feel, you're going to feel yourself like when it's a yes, you may feel yourself lean in. You may feel yourself stand up a little straighter. You may feel the energy actually flowing through your body. And when it's a no, you might just feel nothing. Or you may feel yourself lean back a little bit, like repulsed. So make it a game. Learning to listen to your sacral response is a practice. So 
<laughs> you know, look around your house and ask yourself if you like certain things. If you've got knickknacks around, if you've got a pile of books, ask yourself, do you like each one? And listen to how your sacral responds. When you go grocery shopping, do the same thing. Ask yourself, do I like avocados? Do I like schnitzel? Do, things, you may surprise yourself. And then trust it. This is how you eat for your design as a generator or an MG as well. All right, let's move forward. Get me out of the way here so you guys can hear this conversation with Laura and Betsy Milne. They are transformational business and branding coaches on a mission to empower women with the tools and motivation they need to turn a spark of an idea into a full-fledged business and sought-after brand. This luscious hustle was born from the ashes of burnout and was created to redefine what it means to hustle as an online entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy this conversation. And as always, please go forth and be awesome. All right, you guys, I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank we you. are excited. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I should call you like the Milne girls, but that's totally <laughs> inappropriate. Well, I guess it is appropriate. You're both girls and you're both Milnes. But um, can you share the story of how you guys met and ended up forming a business together? Certainly. Um, <laughs> so, well, I'll, we'll start with the punchline and then maybe we'll like work our way backwards. Um, Betsy and I have a soul contract. So we are two total strangers who live in two different countries, 3,000 miles apart, uh, two-hour time zone difference. And we are literally complete strangers who connected off of Instagram about three and a half years ago. So I stumbled upon Betsy on Instagram. At that time, I was still working as a pediatric nurse and also building up a network marketing business. And I came across Betsy's Instagram and she was doing health coaching. And I just liked everything that she was posting, but most of all, I noticed her name because nobody has our last name, like nobody, <laughs> except for A.A. Milne, who, you know, wrote Winnie the Pooh. But other than that, it's just and, us. And he's and, kind of a big deal. And he is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just reached out and messaged her because, you know, back in those days, DMing was not very common, but I felt very um, compelled to use DMs, I think the air quotes right way you know, to not spam, but just build connections and meet people. So I reached out to Betsy and we started chatting and we became friends over six months or so. And then it was so that then December of 2016, um, Betsy was meeting up with some friends in New York City and chatting about, you know, what everybody's doing. And she just really wanted to be talking about business and talking about, you know, she was building her health coaching business at that time. But there's so much more to health building an online business than just the thing that you do, right? There's the whole back end piece and being an entrepreneur and the mindset and the community community and collaboration. And no one else was getting what she was laying down. So on her drive back from New York, uh, she called me and was like, I have this really crazy idea. Do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, Yeah. I just said yes, like right away. Um and her and second she, question was like, Do you know how to start? Do you know a podcast? how to do that? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, No. No, We're gonna do I it. didn't either. And in, in fact, in full disclosure, I wasn't even listening to podcasts then. I, I was like, oh, that's what that little purple box is on my iPhone. Good to know. Cool. <laughs> so anyways, though, you know, so grateful for beginner's mindset because we just blindly leaped in. And two weeks later, our first episode was live on iTunes, January 4th, 2017. 
uh, at that time we were luscious living podcast and we were kind of this mix of health, wellness, holistic, woo woo, business building, just whatever we thought luscious living kind of meant. Um, but over the course of the year, we, we built up the brand, we built up the podcast, built up a following, did not monetize, just started to dive in deeper and deeper, get to know our audience. And what became very clear early on um, between the conversations, really great conversations we're having with our guests and also the connections we're building with our audience that we were meant to show women how to build a business, how to turn that spark of an idea, that side hustle into the full-fledged lucrative business and luscious life that you desire. And so then we, from there, we, we um, incorporated two years ago, launched our first program. And, you know, we've just, we've done a lot of shifting and shaping, shifting up, shaking up, there we go, and growing over the last two years. Um, you know, we hit, and I mean, we hit like six figures in our first year and, and multiple six figures the second. And there's been a lot of changes and a lot of growing um, between Betsy and I. But I think the biggest thing between the two of us is that we became really good friends. Like we, we just talk constantly. We built this business partnership, which a lot of people still ask us, like, how do you have the, I mean, it's hard enough to run a business with a business partner, but to be in two separate countries and so far apart, it, it is pretty, it, I mean, honestly, it is pretty wild. Even we are like, we kind of dismiss it most days. We're like, yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. All right. Um, Wait, um, for a second, what do you use technologically to stay in touch all the time? How often are you guys ooh, talking? Good question. All day. Um, all day, yeah. every day. Uh, we use Voxer. It's like a walkie talkie app. And in the beginning we were just texting zoom calls, obviously. Um, but when we got Voxer, it like changed our mind. Cause if you've ever used like iMessage and you know, you can like dictate, but you can also do the voice memos, like they disappear. Whereas Voxer's forever. So yeah. also you can Vox for 15 minutes. Sometimes <laughs> you just need to do that. <laughs> You can speed it up. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, and now yeah. I want to hear how one listens to a 15 minute Vox. Yeah, yeah. And you listen to it at 3x time and it's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually, like, Betsy and I are pretty fast talkers. So you can't go too fast. You can't us. go too fast with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the really interesting thing of our story is that, and, you know, we can get into this, like the meaning behind luscious and hustle is that there is, there is a lot of masculine strategy and business building. I mean, Betsy has. 15 years of, of business building experience, you know, from working in the fashion industry in New York. So there's a lot of strategy to what we do, but there's a lot of very soulful, luscious, divine feminine, um, really soul work that we do between the two of us personally, but also with our clients and how we've built our business. And part of that was that we actually figured out that we have a, a soul contract. Um, my daughter was born May 23rd, 2015. And like literally at the same time that I was pushing her out into the world that morning, Betsy was signing up for health coaching and she, you know, we didn't know each other then. we didn't meet for another whole year after that, but we can literally like chart it back to the exact same time when we both committed to changing our lives. Betsy signed up for health coaching because she thought if I can heal myself, I can heal others. And, you know, I was in this like weird meditative trance epidural fueled <laughs> labor, pushing my daughter out and just really knowing that I was meant to, you know, I was going to have a baby girl, even though I didn't know what the gender was going to be. I knew it was going to be a girl. And I knew that I was meant to do things for women. I was going to do something to impact women's lives, to help women rise up because I, I needed to feel that way in, in my own life. I wanted to empower myself so that I could empower my daughter and then I could empower other women. And so I think that 
you know, it's really, it's really cool when the universe works that way, connects the right people, connects the right dots to make something really magical happen. I feel like in your case, the universe is like, all right, I made this super easy for them. They've got you the have same this last name. <laughs> They'll find each other. Once social media is invented, they're totally going to find each other. Well, it's funny that you say that because she had to have the same last name for me to write her back. Because at the time, like where I was, first of all, she slid into my DMs and I was like a total noob at Instagram and I didn't know what the red dot was. So I found it (laughs) and it disappeared. And then I was like, how do I get back to her? Like, I was like, oh shit. It took me like two weeks to find the message again so I could write her back. Um, And it wasn't like her name on Instagram was like Laura Milne. It was Embrace Abundance. And I couldn't remember that. I could remember Laura, like it was just all these crazy things anyway. um, But I was, I was so wounded at that point from my own experiences, from past traumas. Like I was not the type of person that would talk to anybody. And so she had the same last name. She happened to be from Calgary. My grandfather was born in Calgary. So there were all these like pay attention, pay attention signs. And she was the first person really that I connected with online, like at a, on a really deep level. Um, and what she didn't share in the story was we didn't meet for the first year. Mm-hmm. We worked together for a year and it, we would get on, I signed up with her product partner. We were doing health coaching and it was so funny because how our business grew was we would get on the phone. We were supposed to be talking about network marketing and then we would just like go off on a tangent yeah. and we would talk, it was supposed to be like a 15 minute call and it was an hour. And the night that I thought about doing the podcast, I was out, my girlfriends were all talking like New York city, Friday night, everyone's talking about like Tinder dating. And I'm like, okay, so which web platform? Like nobody knew what I was talking about. I just wanted to talk about this stuff. And, um, I just was like, there's one person right now that I love having conversations with. It's Laura. Like I want to do a podcast, but I'm not doing it by myself. So I'm going to pick her (laughs) and thank God she said yes. And then our podcast grew just because it was like, like she said, it was just, I wanted to have those conversations. She wanted to have those conversations. So like, let's share those conversations. And people thought it was great. Like from day one, they were like, Oh, talk about this. And we're like, yeah, okay. That sounds good. And it just grew from there. So what does the word luscious mean to you? Oh my God. This is such a funny story. Um, I hated the word luscious when we first started like luscious living podcast. Okay. I have a lisp. I've learned over the last couple of years to like get over saying like luscious, but luscious living podcast. I used to do every intro for every episode. There was like a hundred episodes of the luscious living podcast. I could never say those words. And to me, luscious was just one of those words that was like, I wasn't deserving of it. Like I was a New Yorker. I dressed in black. I was like busy. I totally burned myself out, almost landed in the hospital. I did a couple of times because I was having such bad migraines. And I was like, who the fuck am I to ask for a luscious life? Sorry, I hope it's okay. I just swore. Yes. Um, but to me, you know, for for me, how it's evolved over time, I mean, I thought of it as like lashes at the beginning, like oh, luscious lashes, right? Um, but to me, it really does embody that like divine feminine energy. So it's like us being creative, just having this life that is just so overflowing with abundance that you're like, oh, I want to bite into it. Like a big juicy peach. Like that Mm. to me is luscious. And it's that overflow, that abundance. And part of that is also like being able to receive that and fully believe that it's possible for you because at the beginning I didn't believe it was possible. So it has evolved. Who came up with the word then? Laura. I originally came up with the word luscious. I loved the word luscious from the beginning, but I didn't feel very worthy of it. 
you know, I, I didn't, I just luscious. You think about it, like who uses the word luscious on a regular basis? Nobody. Yeah. It's not an out loud word. It's not a very common word. It's big. It's confusing to spell at first. (laughs) (laughs) It's, and it, but it, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because we ask that on our podcast. It's the last question we ask every single guest. What does the word luscious mean to you? And everyone always comes up with a very visceral response. They, you know, biting into a juicy peach or laying on a beach and feeling the sun on my skin or, you know, laughing with friends till I'm almost peeing my pants and I have tears running down my face. Like people always come up with these very, very visceral responses to the word luscious because it is this big, bold, juicy word and it's very feminine. It's and very physical. It's yeah. very physical. I'm realizing yeah. now as my yeah. mouth is watering, talking about this juicy peach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and it's funny because we've had men on the podcast, so we ask them the same question and they'll give us, like Mike Watts told us that it was um, like biting into a, a juicy strawberry or something like that. Like even the men yeah. come up with very visceral words. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew like that's that feeling you get, right? You, it's, it's the thing that you think you will have at the end of the rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. Someday when I've built the business, someday when I have the money, when I have the time, when I have the space, then I'm going to have this life whatever the details of that life are to you. And the word luscious just sort of encapsulates that. And so it's like, okay, but we need to step away from this someday one day syndrome that a lot of people have in entrepreneurship um, and lean into like, how can I feel and experience that in my body today, right now in the present moment, and then build a business that is in alignment with that instead of hustling and forcing strategy in a very wounded masculine way hoping that one day I will get to the end of the rainbow and the luscious life I desire. So how do you guys each embody lusciousness in your life right now? Like on a daily basis? Oh, that's a good question. question. It changes all the time. Um, I think that for me, laughter actually is a really big part of it. Like I need to have like a full body belly laugh as regularly as possible. Um, And spending time with girlfriends, spending time with my daughter are really, really big. You know what, Laura, one of my very first coaching clients had a goal of a daily full belly laugh just every single day. And Mm -hmm. thank you for reminding me of her. (laughs) You just brought so much joy to me. (laughs) All right, Betsy, what does it mean to you? Or how do you bring lusciousness to your life every day? So this is going to sound super cheesy, but I have to have a shower every single day and it has to be super hot. And and I have like a visualization, like a meditation that I do while I'm in the shower. Um, I grew up as a swimmer and I don't like baths. Like it's so funny because so many women are like, my self-care is baths with bath bombs. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just give me like a good five minute shower in the morning to clear my head washed all the energy off of the day before, bring in some really great like white light. And then to me, that is the most luscious thing outside of like a really good Americano (laughs) that I can do every single day to just really raise your vibration and step into being like the boss, right? Mm Because we have a job where not only are we helping support women, but we're helping them navigate through their energetic blocks. So if you're not prepared for that at the beginning of the day, shit goes sideways. And, um, so I love a good shower. I could have like five a day if I was allowed, you know, I don't really like wasting water, but you know what I mean? So the pool I swim in is, it was really, really cold. The air was really cold for Florida. It's an outdoor pool. It was in the thirties last week. And then the heater broke and the water was really cold. 
And mm. yes, I feel you on the lusciousness of the hot shower when you get out of a pool. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up, I wanted to go to the Olympics and I would do doubles like most of my childhood. And in the summer we swam outside. So I know what it's like to get into like a 50 degree pool at 530 in the morning as yeah. the sun's coming up and swim for two hours. Um, I like cold pools though. Like I'm not one of those people that can do laps in like a hot pool. I like a cold break of sweat while you're mm. swimming. I can do it hot. I just don't, I'm not very fast on those days, <laughs> but I, I can tolerate the heat, but I'm not very fast when it's super cold either. We can talk about this when we're done recording. <laughs> I wonder if we actually swim against each other at some point. Um, now the word hustle. Mm-hmm. So I confessed to you guys that when you first reached out to me, I saw the word hustle and it totally triggered me mm-hmm. because for me, the word hustle feels like push, 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 force it. Um, it's like there's no awareness in it. There's no flow. And we'll talk about that word later too, but there's no, there's no space in the word hustle. Mm-hmm. And I, before we hit record, I was sharing with you that a few years ago, I thought about adding the word hustle, like anti-hustle into some of my copy. And so I asked my Facebook group what the word hustle meant to them. And half the people said it meant force and nose to the grindstone and half said it meant flow. Mm-hmm. So my conclusion was, okay, I'm not going to use this word, (laughs) but where does it come from for you guys? What does it mean for you? I think that everyone who answered your, your question, your poll in the group was right. Both sides are right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a matter of how you choose to identify with the hustle and, and you know, how you're aligning with it in our, in our business, like our paradigm of coaching is a, you know, understanding the, the difference in the harmony between feminine and masculine energy. And there's wounded feminine and divine feminine. There's wounded masculine, divine masculine. So luscious is the feminine. It's the divine feminine, that inner into that, that deep and in, intuitive knowing um, and being in flow and doing things that are in align with your purpose and doing things that are very heart centered. The hustle is the divine masculine. So it is that go getter action, taking grounded, solid leadership, visionary, and you have to have both like this nonsense. I get, I get why people feel triggered by the word hustle. And I actually kind of like that we triggered them because that to me, <laughs> it's good. Like we joke about that on the podcast all the time. Like if you're listening to this episode and you're feeling triggered, good, we've done our work because you can't grow in any capacity in your life. You can't grow your mindset. You can't grow your business. You can't grow your revenue. If you're not allowing yourself to be triggered by something and then take a step back, take a deep breath and be like, okay, why? Why am I triggered by this? What does it really mean? What's happening underneath the surface? Heal that, and then you get to move forward. For so for me, for hustle, uh, you know, like the triggering bit. I think it's because we are taught, to, we are taught to hustle from a very very young age, right? Like you go to school, and it's like you live in these parameters, and that's a very masculine way to do business and do life. And I, for me and Laura, like we're both type A, we're both very driven, we're both super competitive, but we both burned ourselves out. And so I think where hustle becomes that negative, toxic, like wounded masculine energy is when we start burning out. And then of course, we're going to blame the thing that burned us out. We're going to blame the hustle. But if you can rewrite how you hustle or rewrite the story and the connection to that word, then it does become flow. It does become something that feels really good. And I know for me personally, like I grew up really sick. Like I was constantly like just picking up random shit all the time. And so what I would do is when I was feeling good, I would hustle really hard to make up for lost time. 
And that was what was ingrained inside me. So yeah, I get how hustle can trigger people, but it's, it's about how you show up and it's about the mentality. And if we as women are putting ourselves down for being competitive, for being driven, for wanting to show up, for wanting to do work, then we're actually taking away some of the power that we have creatively, I think, because then we're like, oh, I'm just supposed to wear floaty dresses and be in my feminine and create all day long. And like, that's not it. Like I will always be the chicken jeans, but yes, I like floaty dresses. You know what I mean? So it's really rewriting what success looks like for yourself. That's how I was able to redefine hustle. Um, and also accepting those parts inside me that made me strong, that made Laura strong, that made us have the ability to show up and just like go when logic said, maybe not. Like we would go in a different direction from what everyone was teaching us. And that's still hustling. There's nothing wrong with that. That's like following your path and being in alignment with your purpose. I love it. I love your descriptions. And then while we're on the word topic, <laughs> Betsy, will you share your thoughts on the word flow, please? Um, yes. Okay. So <laughs> I spent, I've been practicing yoga since I was about seven. And like at the time when I burned myself out in New York city in the fashion industry, which let, let's be real, that's like a 24 hour business. Right. And I had factories in China and New York. And so I was doing a lot of yoga at the time and everyone was talking about like flow in yoga. And I was like, okay, great. Then I moved into the entrepreneurial space and everyone was talking about like, find your flow. Hustle's bad. Find your flow. And I would get so annoyed because it was just like this, it was just too feminine a word for me at the time. So I hadn't healed my intuition. I wasn't really, we, we were talking a lot about manifesting and in order to manifest, you had to be in flow. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Sorry, again, I'm cursing so much. Um, <laughs> but th but th those are the words that really trigger me was like flow. And I think over time, what as we've rewritten the word luscious for ourselves, as we've written, rewritten the word hustle, to me, flow is when the masculine and feminine are showing up equally and they're in harmony, maybe one's more than the other, um, but it's that being able to creatively move and navigate with intention. That to me is what flow is now. So when we're creating in our business, when we're working with our clients, there is this flow because it's not like you're not meeting resistance all the time. You're not stopping yourself. You're able to like continue to create in a way that is moving the needle forward, not just creating in a bubble that's sort of stagnant and like grounded in one place. Yeah. So how do you feel about the word alignment? Because that's what I'm thinking you're describing. We use it quite often. Um, yeah. It's a tricky word though, too. It is a tricky word, but I mean, balance. we use it in, we hate the word balance. We do yeah, not balance like that word. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you think about it like a, you think about balance, like you think about a teeter totter, it's never perfectly level, mm -hmm. right? You're always on one way or the other. And it's this back and forth, back and forth, which feels um, dizzying. Alignment though, to me is, well, you know, I, my human design is a generator and I'm a sacral authority. So it's, you know, Betsy will often, if she needs a straight answer out of me, she'll just start, you know, and uh, helping me get not caught up in my head. She'll just ask me straight questions that are a yes or no answer. And as a generator, it's either uh-huh, yes, or uh-uh, no. I love, and, I love that you guys are doing that. That makes me really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's and, how we run our business. <laughs> okay, good. Totally. And yeah. so, you know, that's alignment. Like if I really mm -hmm. sit still and I let my, like, let my head calm down and just feel into my body, because as a generator, I should be feeling and living very presently in my body and making decisions from there. So then it's like, you know, you ask a series of questions. It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's alignment. 
Yes. And it doesn't have to make sense and you don't have to know why. That's the kicker with, with human design. I mean, with all things, but especially with human design, regardless of what type you are, you don't have to know why you're doing something. If it feels in alignment, it's right for you. Just go with it. Trust it. Yeah. In fact, if you know why, you're probably trying to think your way through it. Yeah. You're trying to overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and especially for, for those of us who have authorities, like in, you know, like your sacral authority, Mm -hmm. it really is. You just, okay, I make a decision because that's what feels in alignment right now and trust that you make that step and then the next dot will unfold itself and then the next step and the next step. And you don't have to know 10 steps to get to the end of the path. You just need to know the next one. Yeah. And you might not know it until it's like right in front of you. And then you can ask yourself. Yeah. This is Mm -hmm. the um, game I've been playing with myself most frequently the last few days is I'm an MG with emotional authority, but I can still play the sacral game is do I want to go on social media? Mm -hmm. And I haven't been on much in the last four days because it keeps being a, uh uh-uh. Actually, my sacral usually says, nah. (laughs) So it's been a, nah, nah. I used to try and be super intentional with going online, but it's different to be intentional versus to be inspired. Oh, totally. And I think, I think that's where I think that's where entrepreneurs are actually tripping themselves up right now. Like there's so many stories. I actually voxed my coach yesterday, our coach. And I was like, am I self-sabotaging in this moment? He's like, why would you say that? I'm like, because everyone online is talking about self-sabotage. And like you hear, and he's like, "Uh, actually, I think you're just voicing your opinion right now and like own it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think, you know, social media is great because it gives us a platform where we get to speak out into the world, our mission, our purpose, our passion, the things that are lighting us up. But there's so much noise. And if you are somebody that is, it doesn't even matter how evolved or woke you are, you're still going to be picking that up. And it's really just like how we process it. And are we being like, even saying like being intentional, you may think you're being intentional and ego will step in. And all of a sudden you're like out of alignment because your mind is like, okay, the strategy behind this is that's not actually being intentional, but you can talk yourself into it being intentional. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's, it's funny. Cause like, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about like manifesting. It's the same thing. It's like manifesting is a word that we were at a conference and everyone's like, I hate that you teach moon manifesting. Manifesting is a joke. And I was like, Oh, okay. they hated it. They were very I triggered. Was like, I was like, okay, explain to me like, why, why is the word manifesting? And she said, well, because people think that you to manifest, you write something on a piece of paper and sit in Lotus on a fucking cushion. And then they're going to like manifest a hundred grand. And I'm like, no, that's not the, manifesting is actually taking action. It's, it's that feminine masculine dance that we have to do. Human design's fantastic for it because you understand your energy and where it's flowing. Um, but like alignment, manifesting, intention, um, intuitive, like all these words, they're trigger words for everybody right now yeah. because we're overloaded. Yeah. Cause it, people are taking it. There's the, even mindfulness yeah. has become a trigger word. And I've heard people using that. I actually listened to a podcast recently and the person the guest kept saying that she was um a proponent of mindful living and so finally the interviewer asked her so what's your mindfulness practice and she's like oh i don't have one and it was just oh i i think there was a bit of a miscommunication on that because what does mindful living mean to you and it just was like being intentional and being present mm-hmm. but i think we do throw these words around without really thinking about what they mean to us and what they mean to other people. 
Yeah. I think about what I I'm think saying. The, well, I think the other thing that's happening is when people define something for themselves, they then feel that they are the authority and then they will project it onto other people. So we had a podcast interview or we did a podcast episode in the summer. I have no idea what I said because unfortunately the message went to a folder that I didn't see until like January. But the woman like basically called me out that I was setting women's rights back because of a sentence that I said that I didn't understand what the patriarchy was. And she recommended a bunch of books and I was like, okay. So I actually wrote her back and I was like, listen, thank you for your opinion. I will take this. I'm sorry. I didn't see this till just now. Like I will look up these books. And, um, but it's interesting too, because if you say something that's outside of your set of beliefs, like it, again, it's like these words, they trigger people because they've come to their own definition. So I think part of our jobs is like spiritual beings is like listening to what other people have to say, integrating it in our own way and defining things for ourselves. If a word triggers you, it's triggering you for a reason. And it's your, it's up to you to do the due diligence to figure out what is it about that word that triggers me? What about that word makes me feel not worthy? What about that word lights me up? And then go in and do that deeper work. And then use the word. If you use a word, I think using a word takes away the, like, it gives you back the power. So if like hustle is the word that's triggering you, you're afraid to show up because you're afraid you're going to hustle too hard and you're going to burn yourself out. That word has power over you. So same thing with manifesting. If you're too afraid to use the word manifesting because it feels weird, you need to define it for yourself and like get back in there and do that deeper work. Boom. Um, so you guys use divine feminine like that's kind of the the i want to say like the backbone of your business right yeah definitely. what does that mean what does that look like for you well honestly initially it's it's a matter of actually identifying what what you're what energy you're in at any given time when I mean, we all can embody divine feminine divine masculine wounded feminine wounded masculine at any given time no one is um you know, it's not like you get into your divine feminine energy and just camp out there for the rest of your life. I wish, but <laughs> that doesn't work that way. But, you know, we wake up in the morning and things start to happen in our personal lives, in our businesses, in our jobs, with our kids, with our spouses, all the things start happening. And struggle, strife, conflict arises. And then we choose to react to those situations from a certain energy and from a certain viewpoint. And so when you can be empowered with the tools to take a minute, stop and look at your own behaviors and be like, oh, okay, I'm really in my wounded feminine right now. I'm really being the victim and I'm really, I'm really triggered right now. And I'm, I'm sluggish and I'm not taking action and I'm spinning out like, okay, I'm in my wounded feminine. What can I do now to shift from my wounded into my divine? Like that's really the backbone of what we're doing um, with, with each other, with the, in the behind the scenes of our business, Luscious Hustle, but then also as we're working with our clients, it's like, hey, what's happening energetically for you right now? Where are you? Are you two in the masculine, two in the feminine? Where do we need to be? And then it's understanding like how you can shift yourself. And I think that this honestly is um, a, a paradigm, a, method, a methodology to solve pretty much all the problems in the world. You can solve the problems in your business. You can solve the problems in your relationships. You can solve problems with your health you can solve all kinds of conflict if you just understand like, okay, he's in his wounded feminine right now. She's in her masculine. What's happening here? And then pick that one apart. Mm. Mm. I love it. And you guys use like what you base your business and your sales cycle on the moon. We do. <laughs> we do. Tell me more. <laughs> 
Uh, so when I was little, I was actually born under a full moon in January and, um, it was like big snowstorm, whatever. Anyway, my parents named me Betsy Moon. So from a very, very young age, I constantly was watching the moon cycles, like just always aware of what was happening. Um, and I would, I would even like line up important dates in my life and see like what moon phase it was. Like I was like weird, whatever. Anyway, as we were building our business, super advanced. (laughs) Well, as we were building our business, um, we started getting into like masculine and feminine energy. And so the lunar cycle actually offers us a time clock, right? Cause it's 28 days, but each phase has its own energy. So it's either masculine or feminine. So there was this resurgence on Instagram of like, everyone was moon manifesting. And I really dug in deep. Like I used it to heal some past trauma and I was doing it every month and I was noting and noticing a difference in my energy and really leaning in on the feminine phases of like slowing down because like I said earlier, we're both driven type A, go, go, go. Um, but some days you wake up and you're like, God, I have no energy. Like, you know, and as women were taught, well, maybe it's your period. Maybe it's this, maybe you're hormonal. Right. And I just didn't want to buy into that story. Like, yes, I wanted permission to slow down for a day, but anyway, I called Laura one day and I said, listen, I really want to apply this to the business. Like we have a very linear masculine schedule. And you know, the reality of it is the world is based on masculine energy. Men have a 24 hour cycle. Women have a 28 day cycle. Happens to line up with the moon. Pretty freaking cool if you ask me. Um, and I said, I really want to lean into this with the business and like, let's not do coaching calls and like, let's follow this a little bit. And so we had, we at the time had been struggling with like 5k months. Like we were kind of like right there, pretty consistent. Um, we did 10k the first month that we were using the moon. We went up to 15k the second month that we were using the moon and it just, it gave us the framework that we needed to be able to show up and have those moments of like, okay, I get to create. I don't need to push right now. Like this is the best time for me to launch. This is the best time for me to slow down and brain dump and do that work. Um, And I think as women, you know, there's this conscious collective awakening that is happening within all of us. And so having a schedule like that, where we can bring women back together in our moon goddess program and help them sync up and understand their own energy. It just, it helps heal the old wounds, the generational wounds that were passed down. Um, but it also gives us a framework to use going forward that has that strategy that we're all looking for. Like we all want strategy. There's nothing wrong with wanting strategy. It's just, what is the best one that works for you and your body? And we think the moon is like a really, really, really powerful place to start. Hmm. Mama Moon is wicked smart. So what is like the best time to launch and the best time to hibernate or brain dump? Or... Um, so, so the, when we teach, when we teach this, I mean, obviously everyone knows the new moon and the full moon, right? So the new moon's dark in the sky. You don't see anything. That's really the time to go inside. So leading up to waning crescent, waxing crescent, like that is really your shadow side. So you get to go inside, look in the darkness. So like no one's judging you. That's how I like to think of it. Like you're in the dark, you're in your own little cocoon and you can do whatever the F you want while you're in there. Um, so that's really the restorative and the, the beginning of the creative process. And then as the moon is getting brighter, um, we are in waxing energy. So if you think about this cycle, that's the building up to the full moon. And the full moon traditionally is about releasing. So when you think of like launching something, you want to think about what are you releasing? Full moon is great energy for that. So you've done the creative work, 
you can launch it. And then that knocks you into the waning side. And when you think about the waning side of the moon energetically, that's your receiving side. So that's where like Thanksgiving is in the waning side of the, the sun calendar, right? Same thing with Christmas. Like, well, actually technically Christmas comes after winter solstice, which is technically like the new moon of the year. Um, but we're still in that dark, like huddled kind of, you know, winter as they say. Um, so yeah, it's just this really great like ebb and flow. So you build energy up and then you release it and then it's like waning back down. So you're going to slow yourself down, but then you get to build back up. And the thing about the moon cycle and the lunar cycle in general, there's always another one. So think about that for a second. It is the most abundant thing that you have in your life. There's always another opportunity. There's always another chance. There's always another wish, another dream that you can sink into. And knowing that there's times where we can let the stuff go that doesn't work, that's holding us down every single full moon, you can let something go. Um, to me, that's just the most abundant practice you can have, even more so than gratitude, <laughs> being mm. completely honest. Because it's just, it's like there's structure for you to do this and do the work. And it's not like a big deal. It's not like a New Year's resolution where you feel like you failed. No, every <laughs> single lunar cycle, you have that chance. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know okay. our time is limited, so I've got some important questions for you guys. Go for it. Go for it. First of all, if you, I want to, I, I don't know. You guys will know if this is one answer for each of you or uh, if you want to answer together. But if you had a billboard, what would it say? And it's one that everyone can see. So you can choose where if that is. a billboard. Mm, bougie and badass in neon. <laughs> where? Oh, if I could have it anywhere in the world, it would be at the end of the Brooklyn Bridge looking at Manhattan. So like you're crossing over and you'd be like bougie and badass. That's what I would want. And what would that mean? What would you want people to get from that? I think that's like an evolved luscious hustler. I think mm. our girl and uh, like both of us in particular, like I like bougie things. Like it doesn't matter that I'm into the woo and I love my crystals. And I, I mean, I've been called a hippie. I've been called a witch. I've been called all, I'm still like, I love nice things. Like to me, bougie's luscious. And then badass is the hustler, right? Like she understands and she just doesn't give an F. Yeah. So that is the evolution of a luscious hustler. Like we're trying to get women to be bougie and badass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I'm going to add to your badass description and say that she's also aloof as fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Laura, what, do, what does your billboard say? My billboard would say, um, these are the good old days. I like, mean? that's one of my, it's one of my phrases that I just like, but it's like, you know, we always think back on times past and be like, oh, those are the good old days. And it's like, no, no, no these are the good mm. old days right mm. now. This is the good old days. And yeah. I think it's just a really, for me, it's every time I think of that phrase or I, I write it often in my journal, it's just that reminder, like we need to be present. There's no guarantees about tomorrow. There's no guarantees about what will happen. And so, um, you know, it's this notion of like, again, that lusciousness needs to happen in the present moment. We can't put it off and think that it's going to happen to us one day when all our ducks are in a row and we have this much time and this much money and all these things have happened and we've played out the perfect strategy in our business and all that crap. Like it's no, no, no. You need to embody it right now because these are the good old days. Yeah. That, you know, that made me wonder, does lusciousness exist anywhere other than in the present moment? I don't think so. 
No, I think it is. I think it, that, that that's part of it. It is the present moment. Yeah. 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 Ooh, good question. Mm. Back to the juicy peach. Um, I don't know if we have time for this one. All right. So let's see what happens. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Oh, Oh, well I can answer that. I left my marriage <laughs> in early 2019. That was go. pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's recent. Yeah. It was. Oh, Lester. we're not going to hear the whole story. <laughs> She'll be back. Oh, poor Laura. Okay. What's the scariest thing that I've ever done? Um, no, it's funny. Like I have a really weird definition of scary. So like, I don't like scary movies because I don't like, I don't like scary movies. Like that really freaks me out. But when it comes to things like decisions that I've made, like scary decisions, like we have this thing that we teach our girls where it's like scary and exciting. So you know that you're stepping outside your comfort zone when it's scary and exciting. Mm -hmm. And I lean into that. Like I am not somebody that is comfortable in my comfort zone. Like I always want to push myself, but I can't think of anything specific. That's like super scary that I've ever done. Like, I don't know. I'm afraid of heights. So anytime I get up high in a building, I get scared, but like it's unavoidable. Right. So, so still that's scary. Mm-hmm. I know, but I still do it and I consciously do it. So I don't feel like, like, I just, I don't know. That's a good I question. I think that though. scary things are like, sometimes it's making a phone call. Like the scariest things aren't usually mm-hmm. like, they aren't always as big as leaving your marriage. Laura just yeah. lucked out and got the super easy <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, actually, when we first started the podcast, I was petrified. Like I, I had been through a trauma where I did not want my photo taken. I did not want people to see me. And so for me, the scariest, I guess the scariest thing I ever did was start the podcast. And it was like, I knew I had a message. The only way that I could do it was by sharing my voice. And so for me, that felt really safe. I would never do videos. I wouldn't take, Laura had to finally one day, she's like, I need a photo of you. People don't believe you exist. <laughs> it's like me with two voices. So I made up a special friend. She's got the same <laughs> last name as me. Exactly. It's like my Muppet over here, yeah. right? And so yes, that, that would probably be the scariest thing I ever did. Because at that time I was just so broken, but I mm-hmm. knew like this was where we were going. That now is incredibly brave. Both of you guys are incredibly brave. Thank you. How can people learn more about you, listen to your podcast, work with you, anything else? What else do they need to know? Well, we are Luscious Hustle in all the places. So www.luscioushustle.com is the best way to find us. Um, We are also mostly hanging out on Instagram. So that's luscious.hustle on Instagram. And we have two episodes a week out on the podcast which is the Luscious Hustle podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all the the places, all the places. If you can't find us, DM us on IG and we will get you you a link. Yeah. (laughs) Fabulous. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You had such great questions. Now my mind is racing. I love word nerding. (laughs) Is that what you call it? Me too. Thanks for playing with me. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, 
And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.